This was a truly anointed message. Grace and peace multiply to you. Be a good cheer. God gave us two ears and one mouth. And he wants us to use our ears more than our mouth. Use your ears more than your mouth. Now, even with the problem with your ears, watch this. There's what I say, then there's what you think I say. There's what I'm saying, and each one of you in here heard me what I just said, and you have a way to think about it. Okay? I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just the way we operate. You'd be surprised at what people think you say, and that's how what they say. Well, what you mean is, or what they say is, um, um, you mean this or you mean that. But they're not repeating what you say. They're processing in their mind through their experiences of life, and they come out with something even so, so much different than what you said. So this is what you really say. No, I said what I really said. Especially if you're articulate enough, I've said what I said. Now, maybe you don't understand what I said. I need to, to, to clarify what I say. But sometimes, most of the time, where the disconnection comes in is, is that we hear one thing and interpret it another way. Same things with our mouth. We say things, and then we have what we're really saying. <laughs> so if you can't articulate what you're really saying, you're doing the person that you're talking to a disservice because they're, you're requiring them to catch what you're supposed to be trying to say. You need to learn to say what's on your mind and say it clearly, concisely. I'm not talking about angle. I'm just saying, say what's on your mind. Try to slow down enough in your mind to say what you're trying to say. And, and so the person would have to leave it up to their interpretation. And that's how communication goes. Because we just learn, we learn about this tongue. In James chapter 1, he, God has given us his theology about religion. He tells us to do this. This is what we should do. Okay, we, we've learned about what we should do, but we can't do that which is called by God in James 1, 26 and 1, 27 without bringing our mind and our tongue under subjection. Again, tone it down, tune in. Okay, so this, this lesson is about toning down and tuning in. We're going to see what the word of God says about our tongues. Okay, so let's start uh, free. Let's start at verse uh, 2. Verse, chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. Mm -hmm. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, mm -hmm. able also to bridle his whole body. So we all stumble in how many ways? Many ways. Many ways. I'm going to kind of re-say this. And what we have to do is bring ourselves under control. Under control. We have to submit ourselves. It's not necessarily control of... of, 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 of ourselves is submitting ourselves to the will of God. The only way you can bring yourself under any kind of control is to bring yourself under the will of God. Okay? So that takes a, a concerted effort by you to understand what the will of God is. Because the will of God, uh, the will of God for what we should practice in religion is in James 1, 26 and 127, right? What we should do, do this versus that. Okay? So if God says, this is the way I want you to practice your religion, 
then anything other than that, we got to deal with the consequences of that action, right? right? There's no blessing if we don't practice what God told us to practice. All right? So we have to understand it. We have to bring ourselves under subjection, bring ourselves under this control. And then when you do, you are exhibiting the behavior of one who is mature. Perfect, not, not perfect like we talk about it, but perfect, we know in the Bible means maturity. You're a mature person. You're now you're ready to do some things, okay? You're ready to do some things. Let's look at verse 4. Verse 3, I'm sorry. Okay. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Mm -hmm. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So wherever the pilot wants to go, this small rudder that is deep in the water guides the ship. And the bit in the horse's mouth rubs up against the soft part of his mouth right here. And, and because it's soft and pliable and not hard, not hardened, it will guide that mighty horse wherever the, the, the master wants it to go. We need to understand that. God is trying to get past your stony ground and get into the good ground that he's prepared, that he dug up. God has to dig up this ground and prepare this soft ground to receive his hard word. A bit is hard. Does anybody know about horses? A bit is hard, but once a horse gets under control, you don't need a bit no more. You put a bridle on him. And he'll go because he's been trained that when the master say go this way, he'll go this way. When, he, when the master says, when the rider says go this way, he'll go that way. He doesn't need that, that pain anymore that we normally have. And you see, that's our problem. We don't, it seems like we just cannot get past the point of the pain of disobedience. Disobedience brings about pain. Simply put, disobedience brings about pain. And our imagination sends us into disobedience because we've never been instructed before in the, in, in the righteousness of God. We've been instructed in religion, but we haven't been instructed in the righteousness of God. Most of the time, most people, when they talk about God, have no reverence for God at all. They talk about him like he their next door neighbor. You have to remember, he called you friends of his own because he's God, okay? Don't think you earned the right to be God's friend because you didn't. You did not earn the right to be God's friend. He called you friend because of what he was willing to do for you. So I'm your friend not because of what you did for me. I'm your friend because of what I'm willing to do for you. And what was he willing to do for us? Sacrifice himself, Okay? His mouth called them friends because of what he was willing to do. His mind was set on the mission of going to the cross. He was a perfect man because he did the will of God. Okay? All right, verse 4. 4 or 5. Just do 4 again. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Mm -hmm. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Uh -huh. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Okay, that last verse, what, what verse was that? Six. Okay, we, we're going to need to dissect that six real close. That's what I said in six. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go through six real slow again for you to look it up. Okay. 
And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. So the tongue, by God's standard, in its own self, is a part of your body that he considers a what? A, a fire. fire. Okay? Now, what does this fire do? It burns. It burns. What else does it say? Go ahead and read for you. A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. So your tongue that's unbridled stains your whole body. So what you say messes you up. What comes out of your mouth messes you up. It ain't what you don't say. It's what you say that comes out your mouth that messes you up. You talk too much about things you don't know. You spend too much time talking and not enough time listening. Remember, tune in. Tone down. Tune in, tone down. Because you, when you talk, you set yourself at odds with God. When you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm talking about not so much in things of this world, but I'm talking about when you think you're talking to God, you're really talking to yourself. Somewhere, so many times, people say things that have nothing to do with God. They think because they're in a church setting, because they put some, some, some Christianese on it, that it's God. And it's not God because it ain't in Scripture. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you something. Where in Scripture does it say that you deserve anything? Give me the chapter and verse and let me know. Quickly. Anybody? Someone says you deserve death. Okay, well, you deserve death, right. But what about anything else? No. Why do you deserve death? You're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You deserve death. It's because of Jesus, not because you're deserving, not because you did so good, you can't earn grace. Because if you earn the word grace means uh, the, the favor of God is unmerited. So if you deserve something, that means God owes you something. If you say you deserve something from God, that means you put God in a position where he owes you. What did you do to deserve that from God? Okay? Your job, you deserve a paycheck every week that you work. Because you worked and then you deserve to get paid. God don't work like that. You don't, you don't deserve nothing from God. You can't earn God's grace. It wouldn't be grace. You can't earn his mercy. It wouldn't be mercy. So it's quite interesting that, 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 that recently I heard a preacher say, we deserve God's blessings. We deserve everything that God has for us. We deserve, and a bunch of people was, hallelujah, yeah, clapping. And I just sat there looking at, at the flock God gave me, just shook my head. And said, look at them. They still ain't getting it. She should have been shut down in all silence. But when you get appealed to your emotion, you'll just take God out the picture. It was said, it wasn't said to be evil. But it was said to, because it, it, it feels, I deserve, that's the American way. We work, we deserve, it's all about us. We deserve, but you don't deserve God. God loves you because he loves you. He loved you while you were still yet a what? A sinner. He didn't say you had to get right to have a relationship with him. He said, you can't get right enough to have a relationship with me. That's why I had to send my son. To be the obedient man that you could never be that died on the cross for you, took on your sins that you should have died for, what you deserved was your, the death on the cross. But he took that on so you wouldn't have to do it. So deserving him should never come out your mouth. It should be God, thank you. 
because I didn't deserve it. God, thank you for your love and your kindness because I didn't deserve it. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. I didn't deserve it. But we can get caught up because the tongue just started talking. And when that was said, it was like a blazing fire because it caught everybody else up and they was cheering on. And the person kept going. They said deserve seven times. They lost. They, they, they had lost disconnection from their mind. Or maybe they blocked out liners in their flesh. I want y'all to listen more intently. We're not a congregation that swallow and follow. We listen. That's what we call a dig deeper Bible study. I want you to compare what person's saying to what the word of God says. And if it don't match up, you sit there and question. Don't start cheering. Because everybody else cheering. Question like, hmm. And we give grace. We don't, you know, we don't, they weren't doing no witchcraft or nothing. It caught up. Because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. And that fire can be set ablaze very easily. And if you are not aware of where you at and who you're around and what's being said. There's so many things. Okay? Keep reading. Setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Okay, set on fire the what? Entire course of life. Your tongue can mess your entire life up. Mess it up. Mess it up. Just things we say out of mouth. Blessings and curses come out the same mouth. Fresh waters and bitter water comes out the same mouth almost at the same time. We can go from talking God to talking flesh in a heartbeat. We can be kind one minute and turn around and be just evil the next. In our words, that war going on inside you between the Holy Spirit and your flesh is real. And the only way to combat it is to know what God says. You're not going to combat it if you don't know the word of God. A few little catchphrases that all these churches are saying is not going to do it. You've got to know the word. And what God meant by what he said. So God just said the tongue causes problems. If you want to be real sweet, short and to the point, the tongue causes problems. A tongue that's not controlled by the Holy Spirit will always cause problems for the person's entire life. Now I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen to you. So let's go see some other passages what God said about the tongue or what to do. Go to Proverbs 10 and 19. <clears throat> And when you get there, say amen. amen. Proverbs 10, 19. All right, go ahead. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. What? When words are many. You're not tuning in. You're talking too much. There's no lack of translation. Let me, because that's kind of backwards. When words are many, you, there's bound to be a whole bunch of sin. Yeah. Okay. There's no lack of transgression. When words are many, there's no lack of transgression. That's why the Bible warns women, don't be busybodies. Don't be gossipers. Because when you gossip, you got plenty of words. 
And there's no lack of sin. Transgression is sin. There's no lack of sin when there's a whole bunch of chatting going on. Read. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. But whoever what? Restrains. Restrains his lips. So again, back to the first statement. Tune in, tone down. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Go to Proverbs 17, 27. So God is still telling us to tune in and tone down. Amen. 1727. Let's see what God says about it. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Whoever restrains his words. So if I'm restraining my words, I'm, I'm tuning in, right? So if I tune in and tone down, the Bible just, Bible just said I'm full of what? Knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Not knowledge of the world, but knowledge of God. God can't be talking and you talking at the same time. God can't be. You got to listen. You're only taught when you're listening, not when you're talking. I'm the teacher, so I'm talking. But if you were talking while I was talking, you can't be learning. That's impossible. Okay? But if you control your mouth just long enough, you might find out that what you want to talk about, it may be covered. I'm not saying don't ask questions, and I don't want y'all right. to take it to no extreme. Right. What I'm saying to you is, sometimes in other settings, just be quiet for a minute. Because they may cover, and that happened, you happened to me before. Mm -hmm. I've been in different meetings with different people, not including uh, uh, church stuff, just life. And, I, you know, some kind of things happen at the work where they got personnel to tell you about whatever's about to happen, and you want to really know, and you kind of, I want to, and if you just sit there long enough, they say, well, we're about to cover this. We know people got questions. You're like, oh, okay. Or you'll go ahead and get a chance. Of, they're going to acknowledge you. You say, I was worried about this. And they say, we're going to cover that if you just sit and be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> they be a little bit more nicer. They're like, we're going to cover that. We'll get to it. But sometimes you just need to sit and wait. And everything will fall into place. Go to Proverbs 21, 23. Still tell us, be quiet. Tune in. Tone it down. Amen. Whoever keeps. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. <laughs> now, it can't get no more simpler than that. Read that again. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. So you got to keep your mouth shut to keep your tongue. Whoever, that means anybody that's listening, keeps his mouth shut, he controls his tongue. And by controlling your tongue, you stay out of trouble. Now there's a natural trouble that comes your way, but there's a trouble you put on yourself because you talk too much. Think about this. When the spies went over to spy out the land, the promised land, I want you to understand this, the promised land, it's not what they saw that got them in trouble. It's what they said when they got back. There were giants over there, wasn't there? So they, it wasn't a figment of their imagination. They like, two came back and said there wasn't no giant. But see, there was two people that tuned in 
and toned it down. Caleb and Joshua went back to what God said and said, okay, I know what I saw. God didn't necessarily tell us about that. But if God said that's going to be ours, I'm focusing on what God said, not what these 10 people say. So the 10 came back and God and spoke. And see, once, see, it's not what they thought that got them in trouble. It's once what they thought became what they said that got them in trouble. And God says it was a what? Bad report. 10 came back with a bad report. Two came back with, yeah, they're giants over there, but God said we can have that land. Who are you going to trust? The majority of God. We say that. That's what we're supposed to do. Thank you, Vera. We're supposed to trust God. His word, not our imagination. But his word. But the way we can trust God is shut up and listen to his word more. That's what you're hearing here. Just be quiet. You know, we get so so sensitive. Well, I don't like to be told shut up. Man, my mother told me to shut up a whole bunch. <laughs> my mother went to my office. Well, Jane, Jeannie, be quiet. Time out. No, shut up. If you don't shut up, right, there's a consequence to not shutting up. And then after a while, once you learn the consequence, all you needed was to look. The eyebrow raised like, and you're like, hmm. Pull right in. See, I didn't need the bit no more. All I needed was the bright of the look. Tune in and tone it down. Be still. Okay? You won't be full of trouble. Let's go to another passage. Did I do, okay, yeah, I did 12, 20, 23, and I want to go to, um, let me see. Go to Ecclesiastes 5 and 3. Ecclesiastes 5 and 3. Ecclesiastes 5 and 3. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. <laughs> so all of y'all think y'all dreaming and all y'all these dreams, you want your dreams interpreted? Man, quit dreaming. Quit worrying about them dreams. Sometimes it's just the food you ate. Okay? Or things you're going through. Sometimes you have dreams that just don't even make sense. And you want somebody, you think you're worried about God talking to you. No, you need to just be quiet. If God wants to interpret it, he'll get interpreted for you. You don't need to go to no dream interpreter. Because you don't understand, going to those type of people... Or, or God said they're an abomination. That's witchcraft. Don't you recognize it? You want to get some dreams interpreted. Man, you better get in your Bible and ask God to show it to you. Don't go tell everybody your business. See, this is another thing. This is what it says. That a, that a dreamer, someone who's out there, someone who's, who sleep, has much business. But they need to shut their mouth. Got too much business. Because we want to know, we want to let everybody know what we think. As if what we think is better than what God said. That's where we are. We, 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 just, we just want to let everybody know how we feel. But you need to know what God says about what you feel. And a lot of times when God deals with your feelings, he says they're not valid. 
They're valid to a certain point. But they're not valid to the point that you think they are. He says, be angry and what? Sin not. So when you cross that threshold and you decide to sin, you've taken God out the picture. So now what was done to you and what you've done is worse than what the person really done to you. Because you know better. Talk too much. Some of us have went through a lot of trauma. But God says, what did he tell you about vengeance? What did he tell you? If vengeance is his, why do you keep wanting somebody to be vengeful? So you move right with your voice and what you do, move God right out the picture. And now you got to deal with the consequences of the sin of seeking vengeance. And it's worse than the sin that was done against you. That's what we got to be careful. We got to be careful. We got to think about this stuff. Yes, it's hard for me to just sit back and let some stuff unravel. It's easier for, and it's hard for me to get on my knees and pray. This is what I'm going to tell y'all. I know we old, some of us, and I know our bones hurt. And I know it's hard for us to get up sometimes. But you know what I found out? This is me personally. I'm just telling you, I'm going to pass I'm going to tell you some things. God tends to deal with us still in that same posture of getting on our knees and laying out before God. So if you got to put a pillow under your knees, get out and submit. See, that's a humbling move when you do that. See, when you get on your knees, you say, God, you way up here and I'm way down here and I want to connect to you. I'm not saying you can't pray with your hands. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if you haven't, try it out one time and see what happens. I double dare you. Get on your knees. Fall out on the floor, face the floor for God and tell God all your problems. That's when you're talking right. Tell God. Go to God with your problems. Can't go to people. Because people will, will, will you have unholy alliances with people. And then when it's found out, now you cry and file. I'm not trying to control your life. I'm trying to guide you to God. That's all I want you to do. I don't want you to have to go through some things. But God has already said, and you know what? They ain't listening. Because they didn't listen to the prophets of old. There's always a group of people that listen. And there's always a group of people that won't. That's just the way it is. And he said, don't you stress about it. You know, don't you stress about it. As great as Randy's church is, he's going through a burnout because people are pulling on him and pulling on him with the same problem over and over and over again. I like what Eartha did. I put something out yesterday. Eartha said, explain it. I ain't got no problem explaining it. She did the right thing. She came to her pastor who put it out. Why would you go ask somebody else? If I put it out, I should be able to explain it, right? I'm not saying you can't go to other people. I'm just saying if you if, if I put it out, if you don't understand what I put out, then you should come to me to get the first line of definition. Because I know some things I put out I need to explain. Because it's not evident what it means. Okay? It's not evident what it means. It may be evident to you biblical scholars, but for everyday people like me, sometimes somebody got to tell me something. Okay? Somebody got to tell me something. So when Ecclesiastes tells us that we got dreamers, you got people who, who all up in their minds and they feelings, but they but they short. See the tongue, this tongue. You back to this tongue. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. We're almost done. 
I pray that you wrote the scriptures down. If not, I will post, I will send it to you in a text message. 13 and 1. Let's see what Paul says. We got what James said. We got the Old Testament said. Now let's see what Paul starts off with. This starts, this is kind of interesting. This starts off with this. Go ahead. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. So, so my tongue speaks, and I speak of languages that nobody else can understand. And if I speak where nobody understands, which is lofty speech, I'm like a noisy, noisy thing, a clanging instrument that nobody recognizes and it's not sweet to them. So my tongue can end up being not only this blaze of fire, but this thing that nobody can understand. I speak too much in the clouds. You got some people who so far in the clouds and people just fall for them. You know, they didn't been to the fourth heaven, the fifth heaven and came back and went to hell and came back. And that's a lie. God, God said nobody did that but, but Paul. And all Paul went to was the third heaven. And he said, now look at Paul. What did Paul use his tongue to say? He said, what I learned there, I can't even talk about. This is Paul. We know he was chosen. Can't even talk about, but you run to heaven every other day. You're back to being that dreamer. So our tongue is, 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 is interesting. And it will set a blaze of fire. And it will bring about unrighteousness. But we have to bring it under control of, of God. And the way you bring it under the control of God is bring it under the control of the scripture. Believe upon me as the scripture said, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. What, how, can it, how can your belly flow living water if it don't come out of your tongue? When it says it flows rivers of it's not flowing out of through your belly. It's flowing up from your heart and your belly through your mind and out of your mouth. It's the scripture that, that brings us under subjection. As long as I stay close to scripture, I'm fine. It's when I get out there deep, too deep, then I can't do nothing because then it becomes me. Then I might end up saying because I get the crowd going real good, I might talk about you deserve. But all I'm saying is we got to bring our tongue under subjection. Go back to James and we're done for today. Go ahead. Paul said that's out of order. Paul said if you don't have an interpreter, that's out of order. Have so, you ever heard anybody interpret anything? No. No, no. Hold on. I heard some people know that scripture and pretend like they interpreted something. And if you notice, it's always that God voice. And thus saith the Lord. Why did you say, well, thus saith the Lord, blah, 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 blah. Why you got to paint in that, in, that, in, that, in that sound effect voice? Okay? Because they're trying to impress you. See, the problem with, with this thing of tongue speaking, the problem with the thing of, of all the stuff that we learn, and I'm going to put this out there, and, I'm, and I mean this to my bottom of my heart, most of this foolishness that's done in the church that we get a black eye for is done by two denominations and two denominations only because I've done enough research either Catholicism or Pentecostalism. Yeah, but it's Pentecostalism. They believe that the highest gift that you could have is speaking in tongues. Well, Paul just said, if you don't have love, that's the highest gift you could have is love. Yes. Paul just said, make it plain. Yeah. Even Old Testament said, make it plain so the people can run. 
But see, when you when, when you say God is in you and you're doing all this, this so-called tongue talk and running around in church where you're trying to emulate Pentecost. But the only problem with Pentecost, you're not doing that because it was a time of a Jewish festival of Pentecost. Pentecost is a Jewish holiday that's still celebrated today. And at Pentecost, there was people from all over the world that, that were Jews that came to Pentecost. But the issue was from the Babylonian captivity, see this is when you got to know your history. From the Babylonian captivity, they were spread all over the known world. So about time a couple generations passed, you didn't speak the language of your forefathers. Like we don't speak the language of our forefathers. Right. But we still may come to worship because that's what we know to do. So when we get there, I don't understand half the things that's being said because I don't know the language. I'm here, so I gotta look for a synagogue to speak my language. So there were synagogues outside the temple where if I spoke Portuguese, I'd go to Portuguese synagogue. Right. If I spoke Arabic, I'd go to Arabic synagogue. But what God did for one day, he brought all the nations together and they heard each other in their own language. So it's the hearing is the miracle, not the tongue talking. Because everybody was talking in their language, but they were hearing in a language they understood. So the miracle is not the talking, it's the hearing. And that has never been duplicated ever again. And what is this gibberish? That's what it is. That's, that's, just a, that's what it is. Yeah, but it's misinterpretation of scripture. That's all it is. You're not reading in context. Because one man, one, if I say God get in it, then that tells, when people say God doesn't tell them to do this, mm -hmm. as a lover of God, it's hard for you to question them after that point, right? Because they use God to validate their behavior. That's why we, and that's called blaspheming God. Are we to say, okay, someone walks up to you and say, okay, God says you're going to be blessed, this, 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 or are we to say, well, well, no, you don't say that. God, you're being I don't believe it. Like, yeah. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not for us to say that God did not tell them. But this is what I learned about God in his Bible. He always confirms something through a person yeah. that you already know. Yeah. Go through the scripture. See, that's what I'm saying. We don't read the scripture like we're supposed to, so you can't see a pattern of God. There's nothing. What did God tell the ten spies before the twelve spies when they went over there? This y'all land. He put them into a test. <laughs> it came back. Joshua and Caleb said, I don't know what God told me. I'm going to confirm what God told me. God told me this is our land. The ten of them got called for what they saw. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. This is the only place you're going to get the word of God. The problem with most Americans is we don't know how to read our Bible. We just, we, biblical, y'all heard me say this. Biblical illiteracy is the cancer of the church. We know how, we know how to practice a religion. But we don't know how to understand the word of God. It's easy for us, especially us, to do something. Because we got the rhythm, the soul, all of that. Which is great, and God loves it. But God don't love that more than he loves his word. Go to James 1, 26 and 127. How simple is this? How simple is this? Because girl, you know, I talk, I'm going to keep talking until y'all get this. How simple is this? Read James 1, 26 and 127. Freedom. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue. Huh? Here we go again with the tongue. If any one of y'all think y'all religious and don't be quiet, mm -hmm. his religion is what? 
Worthless. His religion is what? Useless. Worthless. Useless. No good. God don't honor it. God don't honor it. So if I'm if the church, if people run around talking in tongues and gibber gibberish like you said, God just saying your religion is worthless because you're not brightening your tongue. You're not learning nothing when you're talking. And also it says that the person is doing it for attention. But if you read 14, the person is looking for Okay. So if you if you don't brighten your tongue, your religion, what you practicing is worthless. Okay, you can't. How many different ways do we need to say worthless? Why do you miss that? And fall for that? Okay, now he's going to tell us what we should be doing. Read. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God. Stop. A religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father. Who is undefiled before? God the Father. So this means God puts his stamp of approval on what he's about to say. Okay? He's about to tell you exactly what you should be doing as a church. Read. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Where? To visit them where? In their affliction. What does that mean to you, anybody? Because you might have, y'all might not understand what that means. What does that mean? Visit them in their affliction. Okay, their problems what? When they're doing all bad and not feeling well. When they're not feeling well. Anybody else? When they can't be helped. You visit them in their afflictions wherever they at. Yeah. And they need help. <coughs> so we practice visiting them and their afflictions. At the nursing home. Because there's no more afflicted people than people in the nursing home and the hospital. You're there because you have an affliction. Mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. You have an affliction, an injury. You have an affliction. It says visit the widows and the orphans. What's who's a widow? What's the definition of a widow? A person's husband. Their spouse is deceased. A, per, a woman, who's, a woman or man whose spouse is passed. Okay. Now in Jewish tradition, men earned all the money. So a widow was had would be somebody that needed somebody to take care of him. That's why the widow's my story is not a Christian story. It's a story about a religion that would take a widow's laugh last and make her live on nothing. That's a religion that's, that's, that's worthless. What it look like be taking your last for religious purposes? You think God wants to take all that you got to live on to prove something? No. He doesn't require that. Matter of fact, the Old Testament says that the Jews were supposed to take care of the widows and the orphans. But they didn't. Because one man said, you know what? Instead of giving you something dad today, mom today, instead of giving you what some you need some medicine, no, you know what I'm going to do? What I got is for God. It's called Corbin. What I got is for God, so I'm going to bypass you and I'm going to take it and give it to the people at the church or the temple. No, you don't need that. That's bad religion. Visit the widows and orphans. Now, what's an orphan? Child with no parents. What does a parent do? Take care of them. So we take care of those who can't take care of themselves. So that's the Bible say, practice that. Practice that. Now, I can't say, I know what we do, but how many churches ain't practicing that? And God says, that's the religion that's pure and undefiled before God. I'm not talking about you go like a field trip, Mother's Day, Easter, and Christmas, and get them some toys. I'm talking about a day-to-day -day where you can say, 
They can count on you. I don't know if y'all feel it. I know Jackie does, and I know we do. Those of us who are consistent with this, they love us. Yeah. Because we're consistent. They know us better than any other church in St. Louis. Like you say, Jackie, you go there and they get just amped. Like, is it time for church? Is it Thursday? Is it Thursday time for church? They know the schedule better than we do. They love us. That's why God is blessing this ministry because we're doing that versus everything else. He said, if you want to practice a religion, practice this. Bridle your tongue. If your tongue is not bridled, your religion is worthless. But I give you something to do. Not just shut up, but go do this. Now, see, because you do this, all the other stuff we want to do, God will bless it. Because we're taking care of first things first. We're making the main things the plain things and the plain things the main things. Quit trying to be so mystical. Quit trying to be out there in left field. You're not impressing anybody. You're running your mouth, and God is saying, I'm not impressed with that. Your religion is worthless. Okay? Practice this. Keep your mouth shut. Tune in. Tone down. Focus on all them passages of scripture that I gave you. If you don't have them, what I'm going to do, I'll send y'all a text with them. Read them over and over and over again and put it to practice. You may want some things from God and God saying, what I need you to do is pray to me and shut up talking to everybody else. And we say, well, who we hit first? Me. So God telling me, pray to me, get on your knees, Pray to me. Quit being comfortable when you pray. Mm -hmm. Sitting in your chair. Mm -hmm. Get on your knees. And humble yourself before me. And in due time, I'll make the decision to raise something else up into walking truth. So whatever we don't have, I personally take it's my fault. I don't put it off on y'all. I put it off on me. Because God said, for what I want, you got to get deeper in me. You got to humble yourself even more before me. So he said, one thing you have to do is you have to build up a separation that's real. Not where you can't come to me, but you have to just tell them the truth. If they're not willing to listen to what you say, then don't spend so much time for those who are not listening. Spend the time with those who are listening. And walking truth, there's a group that's listening and there's a group that's not listening. And I and hold up. And if you think you know who they are, I would challenge you and tell you this: who you think it is, it may not be them. And it is, so don't don't try to figure it out. Ask yourself. And if you ain't listening, all you gotta do is tune in, tone it down. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, grace and Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word, man, Lord. Teach us how to tame our tongue. Teach us how to subject ourselves to your will and your way. Let us not be offended by what's being said to us, but let us be more offended by the way we hear certain things. Lord, let us hear the pureness in somebody's heart and let us hear the outcries of those who are sick and afflicted, that we may help them. Lord, just teach us to be kind to people and say good things or nothing at all. Never let our mouths be used to hurt people, but only to help them. Even if it's criticism, Lord, we want to build them up, not just tear them down. Let us look forward to restoring one a brother when they're caught in a fault, like Galatians 6 and 1 says, those who are spiritual. Lord, continue to build this spiritual house the way you decided to build it. And Lord, let us not look to the left or to the right, but look into the marvelous light of your word and your son 
and let us continue to yield to the Holy Spirit that will help tame our tongue. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dr. J again. Before I go, I want to announce that we're going to have a new co-host for Real Talk Weekend. Yes, I'm going to add another voice to Real Talk Weekend so we can discuss all the topics of the world, Christian and worldly, and find out where do we fall? How can we be transparent? How can we help each other? What will make us better Christians and what will help our light shine? We'll discuss it all. and It'll be kind of deep, funny, and entertaining. But most of all, it will be real and transparent. So continue to stay listening. And I look forward to my new co-host. I'll let you know her name a little later, but we're going to keep that under wraps. But stay tuned and continue to listen to Walk of Truth Radio with Pastor Jay and your one minute encouraging word. Peace. Amen. Amen. If, if you see the mountain, go around it, go over it. Through it if you have to. God bless you. Enjoy the message.